coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. Some days, like, I can't even stand to be touched. Like, my husband will want to come home and give me a, a hug, and I'm just like, I literally will cringe and pull <laughs> away, and it's like, just, like, don't touch me. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> don't touch me. Remember that song? I love it. Hey, what's up? This is the Delone, Dr. John Deloney Show. I'm John. So glad you're here. Remember, is that that's Blur, right? Woohoo! I couldn't tell you. Oh my gosh, you kids born in the 2000s. Hey, we're so glad you're here. We're talking about mental health and relationships and schools and teachers and whatever's going on in your mind. Whatever's going on in your hearts and minds. I'm so glad that you're here. If you want to be on the show, give me a call at 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to johndeloney.com slash ask, A-S-K. And I got somebody else who told me, hey, yours is the only podcast I can't listen to at 1.5 speed because I talk too fast. So for you all, Thank you for being here. All right, let's go to Eric in West Salem. What's up, Eric? Hey, I'm Dr. John. How are you doing today? Dude, we are rocking on to the break of dawn. What's up, man? How are you? I love it. Hey, I can just say that I'm doing a whole lot better than my March Madness bracket that I filled out for this basketball tournament. Is there is there anybody whose bracket is, still exists? Surely not. I, I don't. I don't think so. No. There's so, some weird kid with a laptop that's probably got one still <laughs> hanging in there because he AI'd it cheater. But yeah, the rest of it, yeah, there's no more brackets. Yeah. There's, there's no way. But hey, I, I appreciate you reaching out and uh, taking my question today. Of course, man. So what's up? How can I help? Um, just give a little bit of background context before I get to my question. Um, I'm 29 years old, and I've been a teacher for seven years at a public school. And the reason why I'm calling today is because ever since the pandemic has hit, I struggle with burnout from work and it's taken not only a mental toll on me, but a physical toll on me. So I just wanted to see what you had to say um, when it comes to being burnout and just kind of trying to balance home and work life. Man. Yes. Thanks for calling. And yeah, there's, there's a few a few professions that have shouldered the burden the last few years, and teachers are for sure one of them. Uh, what grade do you teach? I teach second grade. Oh, gosh. Um, so, that has yeah, been I got the young ones. So fun teaching literacy and <laughs> numeracy <laughs> online, and then in person, and back online, and then back online, and then in person <laughs> to seven-year-olds. Yeah. Golly, and eight-year-olds, I guess. Well, the, in the year before that, I taught kindergarten. So they, so I taught my first five years were first grade, thought I was going to be like super Superman, go to kindergarten, be like this kindergarten teacher. And it was God's way of telling me now nah, you, you need to teach the younger, but a little bit older kids. So, I spent one year as a K through five PE teacher. And okay. I have a lifetime of stories. So the next time you're in Nashville, we'll hang out and we'll just exchange stories. Some of the most chaotic, hilarious, just wild. It's just, they're mayhem. And they're, they're so, it's such an incredible age. I love it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. All right. So when you the say you're, you just can't. Yeah, your mental health is struggling, your physical health is struggling, uh, unwind that for me a little bit. So, um, 
there was one morning this school year about maybe three weeks ago four or three three months i'm sorry three weeks ago a month ago where i had an awful anxiety panic attack um I ended up leaving school for the day, laying in bed for three hours. And that's actually the day that I reached out to you guys. Okay. Um, so I kind of wrote down some reasons of why I feel burnt out. And I think that when I get burnt out, it ends up causing me anxiety and stuff like that. So, so real, real right quick, now, real quick, as we go into this, think yeah. of it this way. And I'm, this is an oversimplification, and this isn't every case, but often, mm-hmm. often, often. Think of stress as a as a relatively good thing. Stress helps direct our our actions. What do we do next, right? So if I'm stressed about a test, I can quit the class, I can drop out of class, or I can study really hard. Um, if I'm stressed about whether um, she's going to uh, – that person would ever go out with me, I can hide and run or I can ask her out and just figure it out, right? So stress helps us direct action. It also, when it accumulates on us, um, becomes toxic and painful. It can kill us. And when you nailed it, so I want to make sure you hear me say you are right on, it's when we that stuff continues to pile up and pile up and pile up and we don't deal with it and our bodies are at, fighting and fleeing and going and going and spinning up and spinning down and spinning up and spinning down and we don't do it that's when our body starts sounding alarms like anxiety mm-hmm. like a panic that's when the, that's when the systems over overflow right so you wrote down some things which is always the great first step what have you come up with so i came up with learning the ins and outs of a new grade level which i would say i did it to myself a lot of these things are self-inflicted hey, so well that's let's why. let's Let's don't start judging them, beating them up yet. Just just rattle okay. them off for me. Okay. So learning the ins and outs of a new grade level. Okay. Trying trying to stay ahead of the game with lesson prep. Okay. Struggling with baggage uh, that multiple students bring through my door each and every day. Right. Um, their home lives that they're coming with. And mm-hmm. also at the same time trying to balance uh, the state standards, um, trying to get those met. Um. And then bringing the energy myself to motivate students to want to learn. Okay. So that's acute. That is show up every day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back out of that one one ring. Um, okay. How are you, Eric, taking care of Eric? Like what's your day look like? So I get up um, probably around 5.30, give or take each day. Okay. Uh, spend some time in the word. Um, and then I jump in the shower, eat breakfast, talk to my wife. And depending on if the kids are up or not, I get to kiss them goodbye. Um, and then head to school. My wife's so awesome. She's so supportive in my work life. Mm -hmm. Um, I get to school about an hour, hour 15 before the students show up. It gives me time to kind of prep for my day, get things done. I need to get done. Um, School day goes by. Um, I get home around four. And that's something else I kind of wanted to bring up was that when I come home, I am just mentally drained. Sure. And so I come home, you know, I have a wife at home that's missed me all day. I have kids that want to climb and play with dad. And there's days where I feel more energetic, like I can do it. And then there's other days where I feel completely guilty and horrible because I just want to sit and scroll. I want to de- I decompress. I want to get away from 
you know, the work and just kind of take a break in a sense. So somebody um, along the way told you that um, your the way you feel about things, the way you think about things doesn't matter. Who told you that? Who modeled that for you? Can you, re- can you re-ask the question? Sorry, I didn't understand the first time. Um, somebody along the way, whether it was your dad or your mom or somebody you cared about or whatever, so- somebody modeled for you that mm-hmm. your thoughts don't matter, that you, the way you feel doesn't matter, that your responsibility is everybody else. Hmm. That's a great question. I, I honestly don't know. My mom and dad were very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, very supportive growing up. Um, you know, they always took the time to praise mm-hmm. when I did things well. Okay. Let's, um, let's jump in on that. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. often when I say, where'd you model that people instantly go to, and I do this too, who screwed mm-hmm. up and it's often mm-hmm. not that. So let's say that when you helped out around the house, or you were yeah. part of a service project. Your parents mm-hmm. stopped what they were doing, and they told you how wonderful you were. And mm-hmm. then at school, if you got good grades, they stopped the presses and took you out to dinner. If you, it, yeah. you know, ha- did something for the team, whatever the thing was, what can happen over time is you equate, your body equates, and I don't want to make this a character issue, your body equates, mm-hmm. when I do things for other people, I get rewards. Mm -hmm. And over time, I'm going to keep doing those things even to the detriment of what I need right now, which is a break. What I want to do, which is go to law school instead of education school. I'm just making stuff up, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Even if I need to take two days off of work because I'm on the edge of having a breakdown. Even, like fill in the blank, even well-meaning, incredible, wonderful parents who want to make sure they catch you doing right, catch you doing good, mm-hmm. can set you on a path towards the way to be loved is achievement. And a varying form of achievement is service to other people. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm absolutely. not saying that happened in your case. I always just want to peel the layer back because here's what you're telling me. That you wake up in the day. You owe something to God, followed by you'll have some breakfast, then you owe something to your kids and your wife, then mm-hmm. for eight hours you owe something to a room of, of, of second graders, and mm-hmm. somewhat yep. to their families, because you're also a social worker when you're a second grade teacher, and mm-hmm. then you get home, and you just need like a few minutes to recalibrate, and if you are not immediately giving that to becoming a human jungle gym for your family— then boom, we have looped back, and now your body has a shame cycle that it starts. Like, how dare you? What do you, you mean right. you get little kids? Who do you think you are? <laughs> you, you see what I'm right. saying? Right. And so think of burnout this way. All, and this okay. comes from the great Nagatsky sisters. All burnout is, is your body saying, I'm out. I'm done. Because I've been put repeatedly in stressful situations, in situations that I can't win, situations that I'm disconnected. I'm alone, and there's very few jobs lonelier than an elementary school teacher. Most people don't know that. You have little Mm grade-level teams, which are fine. Those can be somewhat competitive, too, if you've ever been with the Pinterest teacher crew. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. But you 
it's an isolating job. It's an adult with a 22nd graders or 32nd graders or 42nd graders, depending on the funding of your school district. And so it's just, it's a drain. Every, every ounce of your body leaves, uh, leaves you. And then you mm-hmm. come home and you have to be present for your wife and kids. So your body is saying, dude, we we're out. And most people think we're out means I need to quit my job. Or they think I need to stop being a nurse or a surgeon or an attorney or a pastor or a teacher. And that's often not the case. Sometimes it is. Sometimes the systems are so screwed up and so toxic that they do, right? But often it's a sign that we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I can totally agree with that. Okay. For sure. And so I would love to challenge you mm-hmm. on a couple of things. You have a morning routine, which is awesome. I would challenge you to tweak that a little bit. And maybe instead of sitting down in the dark and reading your Bible or reading a book or whatever, switch it to an audio book, switch it to some sort of – some sort of audio thing and then go for a walk or go exercise. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. Go do something to move your body. Okay. And then in the evenings, you get off at 4 I would suggest try this for 30 days. This may be a disaster, okay? I want you to take (laughs) – Awesome. I want you to take the hour between four and five for you. That might mean go to a coffee shop. That might mean stop at a gym at the way home. That may be join a jiu-jitsu club. I don't care what it is. Go bowling. I don't care. But for 30 days, I want you to practice. And what you're going to find, I'm guessing, is that hour investment in Eric – allows you enough capital to then run all the way to through the finish line of that day. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And I really, don't call me, sir. Come on, man. (laughs) Sorry. I don't even have a cane. I don't have a beard or nothing. (laughs) Um, the, uh, the investment in yourself is going to pay off all the way through the end of the evening, even to the point you can get through bedtimes and all that kind of stuff. What you're going to have to be wary of is that shame voice. I shouldn't be here right now. I should be at home. I, I should. And that's what you got to write I'm down. I'm hearing right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm I, hearing it right now because can I like say that my wife is like a huge quality time person. Uh-huh. So like, it's almost like when I get off from school, it's like she gets that break, which she does deserve because she's with the kids all day. Let, so let's don't, do let's don't say, that? let's don't do it in deserve. Okay. 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 Once you get into deserve language, like I deserve this and you deserve that. That's a recipe for competition, right? So let's take that language away and let's say, I want to meet her needs so that she can meet my needs so that I can then show up and meet her needs. I promise you any spouse in the worth their salt, which is definitely your wife Mm -hmm. would rather an hour of full you than two hours of your, your half in and half out. Or two hours of one and a half of those hours as you complaining about second grade parents and their dumb thing. I can't believe I got the testing going on. Hey, Timmy, I'm talking to mom right now. Come back in a minute. Oh, and then this mm. happened to – you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yep. She would much rather you go grab a quick drink or chips and queso with a couple of buddies from four to five once a week and show up at home or go work out or go for a run or a walk or something and then show up at mm-hmm. five with – sleeves rolled up what is up and i'm here you mm-hmm. know what i mean yes because yes. i'm fully on and sit down and talk with her maybe it's 45 minutes maybe it's till five maybe it's it's 90 minutes 
Here's okay. what I'm getting at. You may be like cooked. There's no question. Um, what you've had to endure as a second grade teacher, as a kindergarten teacher of the last few years, I mean, God help you, dude. I mean, it's been bonkers. The state demands, the parental demands, the unfunded mandate demands. It's just never ends for teachers. So make no mistake. And you don't make enough money to work 12 hours a day plus worry about it all night. Okay. Um, that's where we find ourselves with education, public education. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, though, you have made your life a journey about helping other people, and I want you to put your oxygen mask on first for a season and give it a shot, okay? This means you're going to be intentional, and I know I, – yeah, I know you can. Does that does that sound like something you – I know you can. Will you for just 30 days? Yes. Yep. I will – I will commit to that for sure. All right. So tell your wife you met with some knucklehead on a pod. No, I'm not doing that anymore. Positive self-talk. You met with a kind guy on a podcast. And I recommend it. I want you all to try it for 30 days. And if you will, loop back and let us know. My guess is you're going to sleep a little bit better. Your sex life's going to get better. You're going to be more plugged in with your kids. You're going to feel better. And you're going to be able to let stuff roll off a little bit when you get to the office. Um... So the main focus here is sleep, movement, um, getting some time to stop at a coffee shop and, and or grab a drink with some friends, some community time that's not your wife and that's not your kids, and some journaling time to get some of this stuff out so that you can move on, and then get, come home just ready to rock and roll. Love it. Eric, your family's lucky to have you. Those kids are lucky to have you. And to everybody listening, that's a teacher. Got to figure out ways to support and love those teachers. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Be honest. How often do you find yourself pausing in the middle of a day and it feels like there is so much going on? And you find yourself wondering, what would I do with just a spare hour or 30 minutes? Can you even imagine? And it's in these moments that we often realize we're living someone else's life. Everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving our lives, and we can't keep carrying this load for everyone and everything. And it's in these moments when it feels like too much or when you need some help parsing through all the chaos that talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you have with boundaries, time, commitments, and your own self-worth. And that can be in relationships with your friends, people at work, your significant other, or even how you can make and keep commitments with yourself. Therapy can be amazing for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make it happen. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills so you can be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, hey, as we come back in, just a quick note for teachers. Um, y'all know I work here with Ramsey Solutions. Not some, not all of you know that. Some of you don't. Um, I work here with Ramsey Solutions. And one thing about this company is we really care about people's finances and how people take care of their money and how that stress leads over into their marriages and into their work and into their lives, et cetera, et cetera. 
And we also really, really love teachers. And as I just pointed out in that last segment, teachers have been grinding it out for year after year, especially the last two, three years. So it's teachers like like Eric, who have, I don't know if he's taught it, but it's teachers like you hear that voice. I'm just trying to do the best I can, I'm trying to do lesson plans that teach our foundations and personal finance course for folks that millions and millions of kids have gone through. April is National Financial Literacy Month, and we're celebrating teachers like Eric with our teacher appreciation giveaway sponsored by the Borrowed Future documentary. Teachers can enter today to win some cash. Cash! <laughs> it's so good. Cash. <laughs> it reminds me, Ben, of that, uh, there's a great old movie, I don't remember what it is, but they were like, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. And they were they were taking one of those uh, bus tours through Hollywood looking at all the big houses. And there was just people out mindlessly watering their yards. And they're like, you think those people are happy? And the people on the bus were all like, no. And he goes, what are you talking about? Look how happy they're delirious. You know why? Because they're rich. And that just made me laugh. It's not really, but it kind of makes me feel good. Hey, teachers, we're not going to make you rich, but we're going to give you cash. $5,000 cash to a couple of lucky teachers. And then other teachers will win up to $1,000 cash and more. So don't miss out, teachers. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash teacher for a chance to win. All right, let's go to Nicole in Indianapolis. What's up, Nicole? Oh, nothing much. How are you? Dude, we are dancing on the ceiling, Lionel Richie style. What's up? Okay, well, I'm super nervous, so hopefully I don't screw up. Um, Have you ever listened to this show? <laughs> Frequently. Yeah, I'm not that good either. We're good. Same team. What's up? <laughs> okay. What's up? Okay. I'm going to throw a lot at you, so hopefully it's all, it all makes sense. Um, Bring so it on. I've been, married, I've been married for almost 10 years. My okay. husband is a new uh, pastor, um, like within the last, sorry, two years. Um, he is visually impaired. I'm How much a mom, so? Um, like percentage wise, probably about ninety percent. Like he's got some light perception. Okay. Um, but he uses his cane to get around and um, guides off of me and people in unfamiliar places. Okay, so so um, yeah, he's not getting around restaurants. He's not driving anything like that. Yeah, correct. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, I'm a mom to a one and a half year old. I'm a stay at home mom. I run a women's Bible study. I babysit another toddler two times a week. I actually just started door dashing a couple times a week to help uh, make bring some extra money home. I cook, I clean, I do laundry. And by the end of the day, I'm just completely exhausted and burnt out and um, too tired for sex and other intimacy. Um, and some days, like, I can't even stand to be touched. Like, my husband will want to come home and give me a, a hug, and I'm just like, yeah. I literally will cringe and pull <laughs> away. And it's like, just... Like, don't touch me. I've been touched all day. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> don't touch me. You made that mistake before. Yeah, this is hard. Um, can I ask you hard questions? Yes. Like, we're on the dial. From 10 being kind of brutal hard questions and one being like, hey, what's the weather like? Um, be... Be brutally honest. Okay. Hat, is your husband's eyesight been degenerative or has it been that way since you y'all have been together? Um, so we have been together since um, 2009. Okay. And when we met, it was pretty much right at the height of his um, 
vision loss. He's always been visually impaired since he was really little. Okay. Um, but that steep, the steepest rate of decline was that junior year of high school through freshman, sophomore year of his college. Okay. Um, so when I, I've always known him as a blind person. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, so he was pretty much where he is now back when we met. So some of the, some of the, just the innate challenge of having a one and a half year old, your body's mm-hmm. not yours still. Yeah. And you're a human jungle gym and mm-hmm. you are a human, um, grocery store and you're a human and somebody has to watch you go. To, I remember the first time my wife was gone and my son was really young and I had to go to the bathroom and I didn't know. What to, I was like, Oh, I, I guess you're coming in. Like, I didn't know, you know yeah. what I mean? I had never, that thought had never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And so somebody stares at you while you go to the bathroom or talks to you worse. I don't want to talk to anybody in the bathroom. Right? <laughs> it never stops. And so some of this, a lot of this is you have a one and a half year old. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you to give yourself a lot of grace. Okay. I would tell you to have conversations about that with your husband, speak it out loud. Underneath that, this is a harder question, and just be honest with me and yourself. And I'm not leading you. I'm just asking the question. A lot of folks that I know who have romantic relationships or kids with special needs both love the the things that make their partner unique or their kids unique, and it's really frustrating, and it's super Mm -hmm. annoying. And I just, God, can you just go get your own Diet Coke? But nope, you can't. You know what I mean? How much Mm -hmm. of that plays into now that you have a a one-and-a-half-year-old, now there's a new job, now you're trying to pay off debt. It's like, God almighty, I don't know where the toilet paper is. Can you just – but I got to go get that too. Because in many ways, it's like having a second young person in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, I hadn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Um, But, yeah, like before we had – we were together for – I'm not great at math, but like eight plus years before we had a baby. Um, so it's like before the baby, it's like, oh yeah, that's fine. You know, drive you where you need to go, go get that thing, help you read the menu. It's like, it's not a thing, but now it's like when we go places, it's like, I've got this little child who can't do anything for himself. Um, and, but I still have to help my husband too. So yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't put a whole lot of thought into that. And you avoided the question like a like a ninja. Oh, so I, hey, you don't even have to you don't you don't even have to answer it. But but hang on to it, okay? Okay. I want to free. You're allowed to be frustrated, and you're allowed to be really annoyed, and you're allowed to be pissed off that your husband is that he is sight impaired. It's okay. It's when you take it out on him, and that's where I would challenge your actions and stuff like that. But it's okay, and a lot of people beat themselves up for those those lightning bolt thoughts. And like, God, dude, oh, she could just drive himself to the freaking grocery store. Um, and I got to figure out how to do this with my this schedule and that schedule. Now I got a one and a half year old. He's got to eat. And if after he eats, if I don't get him down, then it turns into a whole thing. And then husband's used to the old days where you were basically his Uber service, right? Mm-hmm. So you've heard me talk about this a lot. This happens with all people who have their first kid. And that they have this first kid and not everybody in the house is on the same page with how much has changed. Mm-hmm. And so in your home, a hundred percent of everything has changed. All of it. 
Every second of your life has changed. And so instead of getting frustrated to him, getting frustrated because he has lived a certain way for eight years. He's come to depend on you and you on him and you'll have a great rhythm. And that rhythm is now different forever. It's gone Mm -hmm. forever. And now you have this new baby. And so it's going to have conversations about, we really want to get out of debt, but this isn't the six months to do this. We need to make some extra income. Um, We're going to have to figure out another way because I can't do dinner and this and this, or we're going to have to get some help around here. I'm going to have to have a college student come over after hours and watch the kid while I do this so that I can, right? So we're going to have to be very intentional about here's my capacity because you can't do what you were and just dump a one and a half year old on top of all of it and deal with a new job that's a ministerial job that takes a whole family to do often anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then now we're to the sex part, to the intimacy part. What's going on there? Um, well, it's so awkward. I've never, like compared to my husband, I've never had as high of a sex drive as him. So okay. sometimes it's a little more of a chore for me. It's like, well, you know, got to get him what he, got to get him what he needs. Um, I try to be intentional about it, but it's different when it's, when you have a baby and it's like, I've been on the go all day. Um, so we've had some conversations about it. We've had, you know, like, these are, you know, my needs, like I, we, we obviously can't write letters to each other, but we did an email. Um, mm-hmm. and I said, these are some of my needs, you know, I, you know, ABC. And then he actually did the same thing. He sent me an email with some of his needs and, um, <laughs> it was just a, we, <laughs> it was just, a. yeah, yeah, no, I think, <laughs> Not really. I, I know, I know. I'm just yeah. messing with you. Um, um, here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to get the book together and read. It's called come as you are by Emily Nagotsky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want y'all to read that book together. And there's going to be parts of that book that are like, Whoa. Um, and it is, it is, it is not, it's written for women. But one of the mm-hmm. things that's um, it's been eye-opening for every guy I know that's read it in a, in a positive way. And in particular, she does a great job peeling apart the myth that sex is a drive, that some people just have more mm-hmm. than the other. What she proves physiologically is that sex is act- sex drive, if you will, is actually a series of gas pedals and brakes. Mm-hmm. And what every couple's – that women's sex drive is not men's sex drive light. That it's just different entirely. And if you will focus more on the brakes and the gas pedals mm-hmm. instead of this myth about, well, I just don't like it as much. Or mm-hmm. women just feel this way or guys just – everybody's different. And if you think about the brakes and the gas pedals and she walks it through in a remarkable way. Um, I finished that book and I recommend it to everybody. I, I mean, all my counselor for everybody I thought needs to read this. It's just a great book on sex and intimacy for women. But as a guy, I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know half this. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. a great book to open conversations. There are parts of that book that'll be awkward for you to sit with your husband and read. No question about that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you already made a human. We're past awkward at this point, right? <laughs> We're married. Um, so yeah. let's have some grown-up conversations. But I think that would be a great it's, – it's a step beneath the, the needs conversation. What do you need and what do mm-hmm. I need? This is more how do I create a world for you where – 
you are free to run wild with desire, with intimacy, with rest, with all these really, with connection, these really important things that we don't give ourselves permission because we just add another job and another payment to a thing and another car and we just keep going and going and going. And this gives, mm-hmm. this book gives great language. It's Come As You Are by Emily, Emily Nagoski. Um, mm-hmm. This is probably going to mean that you'll have to get some help around your house for a season. Mm-hmm. And that can make you feel like you're not enough. That yeah. can make you both feel like we can't afford this. I'm going to tell you that a little bit of help in your life will pay the investment in a little bit of help whether that's someone to clean your house once a month or once every two mm-hmm. weeks, and it's just a high school kid. Can you come take out the trash and vacuum? You don't even have to do the baseboards or anything crazy. Um, can you watch little Timmy while I go and do what? I, like what? Getting some help will be huge. Hey, honey, instead of me picking you up, you're going to have to start dry, getting an Uber ride. And I know that sounds like not sexy and romantic, but this is where we are right now. You got a full-time job and I am working and I'm at home and I got a baby. So let's get creative and let's take off all of the, well, we can't and we shouldn't. And that just doesn't make sense. And that doesn't look right. We're past all that stuff now. Mm-hmm. Now what we're trying to do is continue to love each other in this brand new season. It's just going to take us to think differently, not just do the same things we've always done harder and faster. Got what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How does that sound? We have a lot of, it, it sounds like at the surface level, it's like, oh yeah, that's doable. I know this person and this person and this person will all love to watch the baby. And it's like, that's so hard for me personally. That's a whole other call, but that's, it's like accepting defeat. But like, I know it's not, but that's how it feels like, oh, I can't do all these things. No answer. Answer is no, you cannot. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what, Nicole? You need help and support. And I haven't even, yeah, it's a whole other call. We haven't even gotten into, hey, you got to make sure you're exercising too. And you got to make sure you have time for you to eat right and to write and to read and to think and to not just try to duct tape each day together so you can get to the next one. And then super glue that one so you can get to the next one and then wrap an extension cord around that one so you get to the next one. Your life is worth more than this. So much more. So even before you have the help conversation, let's have a, y'all have had the needs conversation. Let's take, let's go, let's make that thing bigger. New season, we're building something totally new, totally different. What do we want this to look like? Well, honey, I really liked it when you picked me up every day. Well, that's not happening because we made a kid. So I like it when you're home at five. So we're going to set this side, this much budget money for Uber rides and two hours a day. Three days a week, I'm going to have somebody come over and watch the kid while I'm even there. And by the way, my elementary school son, he goes to, he's gone, he hasn't done it recently, but he goes to people's house while mom is home and there's just a two-year-old and they play together. So it's kind of like in-house babysitting so she can get stuff done or he can, dad can get stuff done while they're at home. But they don't have to have, they had ears on the kid, but they don't have eyes on the kid, right? It's something small like that. But you need some help. And this isn't about defeat. This is about victory. Okay, it's not about weakness or you didn't make it. This is about, oh yeah, we're definitely going to make it and I'm going to start delegating because that's how that's how much of a baller we are. Okay, but let's picture what we want this thing to look like. Grab that book and y'all read it together. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, it's not a faith book or anything like that. I mean, it's a clinical book and it's a direct book. But let's get into it and let's learn 
what the gas pedals are and the brakes are in our home. And the intimacy level should rise to how you want it to be. And hopefully how he wants it to be and y'all can meet there in the middle. Awesome. Nicole, you're the best. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Let's go to Daisy in the City of Angels. What's up, Daisy? Hi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Um, very well. Thanks for having me. Of course. What's up? Okay, so here we go. Um, about a year ago, my mom passed away. Oh, um, gosh. What happened? She got sick. It was COVID-related, but then <sighs> underlying diseases. And, yeah, it just happened really quick in two days. Like, <sighs> she was gone. Daisy, I'm so sorry. Yeah, and um, so she was fostering um, on the process, in the process to adopt my three nieces. Okay. Um, they're all under the age of seven. So it's seven, four, and three. And um, they're my brother's daughters. He, he and their mom are both addicts, so they're not in the picture. Okay. Um, so when that happened, um, my sister and I, we were living in the same home as my nieces and my mom, so we took over. But I'm 26, and my sister's 30, talk, and she has her own son. Talk right into the phone, Daisy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she has her own son, and I'm 26 without kids. So, you know, we kind of didn't know what to do. We spent four months with them. Um, then their mom's family from out of state called and they fought for them in court. They took my nieces with them out of state and um, they were out there for about four months. We went out there to visit my nieces. You know, I missed them like crazy and, you know, I basically grew up with them. And um, suddenly I get a call. I'm at work and I get a call from social services and they're like, well, you know, your nieces are back to LA and Come they're on. in the foster care system with, you know, random family. What happened? Um, I guess their family in Texas wasn't able to care for them anymore because they had like their own kids and they didn't really prepare. They just kind of suddenly took them. Golly, and, man. These yeah, poor so kids. Then, yeah, and you know, I love them. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, I need to get, I need to get on it, and I need to fight for them. Like, they mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and aside from that, I've been with my boyfriend for a long time, and you know, we we're starting our life together. We we're eventually planning on having our own kids and mm-hmm. all of that. But I've always been hesitant because I kind of never wanted kids. I always said like I. You know, I've seen so much with my nieces and all of that, and I just didn't want to be, I don't know, it was just a lot. So what's, so, your, um, what's your question? Yeah, how can I help? Oh, sounds like a mess. Well, my, now that I'm taking custody of them in two weeks. Oh, wow. So you filed for custody and you got it. Yeah. So you're about so to be a mom of a seven and a four and a what, three-year-old? Three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Dang, Gina. <laughs> wow. Good for you. Yeah. Okay, so um, it's it's happening. It's happening, and um, my boyfriend is not on board. At all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daisy, Daisy, Daisy. Whew. Okay, so how so, can I, how can I help? I I feel like you know he needs. I love him. He means the world to me. I always saw my whole entire life with him. Mm-hmm. So now that I've made this choice and I've decided to take in on take on my nieces and you know like try to you know provide a better 
life for them um, is how do I get over the fact that he may not be in my life anymore just because of his choice that I've made? What a heartbreaking and great question. Great question. All right, so I'm just going to tell you the truth all the way through. Is that cool? Yeah. What you've done is one of the most extraordinary, noble, sacrificial things I've ever heard of. And it's going to be very, very, very hard. Yeah. The statistics tell me that you are going to have to be real clear and real precise in your next steps. Or you'll end up in poverty with three young kids. Yeah. Right? And you know this. Do you have yeah. a degree? Do you have a trade? What do you do? Yeah, I'm an accountant. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're ahead of the game. I hope so. <laughs> no, you are. Um, what's your annual income? Um, about 65000 Daisy's getting it. What does Knucklehead make? What's your boyfriend make? And I just call him Knucklehead. He's probably an awesome guy. Yeah, he makes about um, 90000 Dang, Gina. Y'all are crushed. Okay, <laughs> getting it. Okay, so, um, dang. So here's, here's the, he feels like you chose them over him. Yeah. Not them with him. Right. And have y'all sat down and had that conversation? This isn't about them versus you. This is about what's right. Yes. And he knows that that's the right choice, but he feels okay. like he, he can't be a part of it because he's not ready. And he's used to having a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And now he knows that's going to change. And so now it flips back on you, which sounds like he's choosing lifestyle over the woman that he's going to spend the rest of his life with. Yes. If that's the case... If that's truly the case, and I'm not certain that it is, then you have, like the Matrix, dodged a bullet, and I'm so glad you you dodged it. Because this would have come up in two years, five years, ten years, fifteen years. If he is interested in lifestyle over you, that comes up somehow in the wash. It always does. The other side of it is you deserve somebody who is all in on you. And when you're faced with a, hey, my mom's got cancer. She's got to move in with us. Cool. We're Mm going to figure this out. Hey, my brother is an addict. And he's known this all along, your boyfriend. And that these kids are floating back and forth. And their heartbeats with yours is how you feel about them. And there's always this chance lingering. And so here we are. And he's making a choice. There is no easy, simple, heartbreak-free path through this. There's just not. And this happens when, if you had gotten pregnant, this might have happened. Like, uh, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not ready for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah. I've thought about exactly that. I was like, well, if he's not with me on this, I mean, what else? What else? What if I would have gotten pregnant and something's wrong with the child and he's not there with me? That's you know, right. That's what, that's what I'm exactly saying. You may have yeah. dodged a bullet. And mm-hmm. you may have become a single mom with three kids, seven and under, and his brain exploded, which I want to give him some grace on that too. Yeah. Okay. Here's the path through this. You have set some things into motion. Again, 
so noble, so brave, so incredible. This is family legacy shifting stuff. Mm-hmm. At your funeral, there will be hundreds of people talking about the time you stepped up when nobody would and gave these three kids life. Okay. What you're doing is generational and it's going to come at a cost. Okay. So I won't, I just want to put that out there. There's no way to keep what was and to do the right thing in this situation. You hear what I'm saying? So here we are. We've done the right thing and it might cost us and it may cost us, but it's not going to be because we did the right thing. It's going to be because other people don't want to be a part of our new world and they have that right. And that breaks our heart and that makes us weep and that makes us sad. And that doesn't mean that we didn't do the right thing. Okay. That doesn't help in the middle of the night when you're super lonely and he's not taking your calls or you've decided not to call anymore. Yeah. And that doesn't help when there's a three-year-old that needs a diaper change and a seven-year-old crying and running around because he misses mom and dad and grandma. It does not, uh, and it's the third placement in three years, right? There's going to be challenges on this journey. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so much easier if that guy would call you today and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm crazy about you. We're getting married this weekend at the yeah. JP and I'm, I'm ride or die. You know yeah. what I mean? Because then you... Double and a half your income. You've got a guy who loves you is going to be there for the kids. And unfortunately, he said, I'm not in for this ride. So what has to happen sooner rather than later, and you're not going to want to have this conversation because you're not going to really want to know the answer. You want to know one of the answers, but not the other one. You're going to have to sit down with him because these kids come in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And you need to have the conversation. Are you in or are you out? Because if you are out, I'm not going to bring another adult in these kids' lives that's going to leave on them. Mm-hmm. And he might say, I'm out. And that will be, that would be devastating, right? Yeah, I will. Have you had that, that thought run through your head? You've looped through that before, yeah. haven't you? Okay, so oh, where, do you, yeah. where do you land on it? I just wouldn't want him to be in and out of my life and then seeing that I'm allowing him in and out of my life because of them and like for them to blame themselves. You're so good. You're so good to yourself <laughs> and to those kids. Do you have one or two girlfriends that can walk through this with you? Yes, I do. Okay. So here's your next steps. Number one, rally your girlfriends. And what I mean by rally them, I mean get everybody, three, five, seven of them, cousins, I don't care, friends, whatever, and say, kids are coming in two weeks. I need somebody with kids to help me baby-proof my house. Oh, by the way, do you and this guy live together? We have for the past four years, but I just got my own place. Okay. So are y'all already breaking up? Do you feel it happening? Uh, kind of, yes. Yeah. Is it kind of or is is it over? Well, it's, it's, it's still the same between us, but then when it's anything, we bring up like my nieces at all, he's kind of like, well, that's, Kind of that's your life and I have my life. So when you say it's just the same, that means y'all still sleep together and y'all still go to dinner together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But y'all are broken up. I I don't know. It kind of feels like we're in the middle of something or like we're kind of avoiding the topic sometimes. There you go. So you got to have that mm-hmm. conversation. Okay. Yeah. You're going to start drowning soon if you're not already. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. All right, so three girlfriends, four girlfriends, y'all get together. 
and I want y'all to come up with a strategy for the next two to three months. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get kids to school? Um, how are we going to get kids home? How are we going to get kids, like, where do they go to school? How do we even have conversations with teachers? All that kind of stuff. Get a couple of friends who already have kids that are going to walk you through what happens. I want you to make up a fake morning routine. Everybody gets up at the same time. We do breakfast like this. We go to the park on Saturdays. At least just for give these kids some routine and give you some routine. Okay? Right. Otherwise, okay. you're going to be, it's like a fire hose. I got two kids that have been with me for a long time, and I don't even know what day it is some days. Okay? <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm telling you. And so, the second thing you got to do is have this hard, hard conversation. I think, if I look at behavior as a language, you've moved out. He's told you pretty clearly, that's your life now, which means that's not my life, which means we're dragging out the physical stuff here. We're dragging out the last, like, ellipsis of connection, but this thing's run its course. Mm-hmm. And you are hoping, praying, fingers crossing, rubbing the genie in a bottle lamps, right, that he's going to call you and be like, dude, I'm crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I. He, he might not. He probably won't. I know. I hate that for you. Okay, you just said it out loud. Does that wash over your body? Yeah, I, I've kind of noticed that it. it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I try to avoid, I guess, thinking about it. Okay. You're about to have a house full of three little kids. And I want you to be as plugged in as you can. How long have you all been together? <laughs> Nine years. Oh, gosh. So this is going to be like losing a leg and an arm and part of your lungs, right? Yes, it is. You're worth somebody that will love you through all of it. Yeah. You're right. Please, please don't bring these three kids into your house and four months later, send them back so that you can be with somebody. Mm Mm-mm. No, that's not happening. You promise? I promise. Okay. Awesome. And if you look around and say, Los Angeles is too freaking expensive, move to Tennessee or to Texas. We'd love to have you here. It's much cheaper. We'll pay you good too. And there's no state income tax. You can keep all your own money. It's awesome. It's like a glitch in the matrix. Cool? Cool. I am so proud of you and at the same time heartbroken for you. Because I think this guy's probably a good guy. I really do. And I think he says, whoa, I'm not ready to be a dad of three little kids. And which makes, here's where the, we take separate roads in the woods. And that's, that's just hard. I'm so sorry. Have the conversation. This week? Yeah, I will. Promise? Yes. Not by text, Daisy. No, not by time. In person, no yelling, no drama. Let's just find out where we are because I'm about to bring three kids home. And if we're not together, then cool. Um, we're not going to hook up anymore. We're not going to do dinners anymore. We're going to take a break for six, nine months, and then we can catch up later. I, I'll always love you. hope you're doing well. And you need to move on with your life if he hasn't already. Yeah. And you too. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I will say this. In a world full of people who think bravery is putting mean posts on the internet or creating cool TikTok videos with rants in them, 
Bravery looks like a 26-year-old accountant who's highly successful, who says, I'm not letting those three kids who are got my blood pulsing through their veins go into the system. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to bring him home even though I don't know what I'm doing, even though this is not how I drew my life up, even though it's not, not I didn't create this mess, but it landed in my lap because these kids deserve better. It's bravery. Make sure you get the care you need. Make sure you get the, the mental health resources that you need. Make sure you got friends in your corner. Make sure you got a group of people at a local church you can lean on, you, whoever. You got a gang. Make sure that you're going for walks, take care of yourself, that you're figuring out ways that you can sleep. Your life's going to be pretty chaotic for a while. Make sure you're meeting with the teachers of the schools and the counselors of the schools so they can give you the resources. Go all in. And I hope, hope, hope this guy stands up and walks alongside you. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, as we wrap up today's show, man, the great Sarah brought this album by. Am I allowed to say this? Everyone thinks they're the greatest band of all time. I do not. Do you? Ah, By the not greatest band of all time that everyone seems to think they are. Songs by the Beatles. And it's called Help, and it goes like this. I need somebody, help. Not just anybody, help. You know I need somebody, help. So much younger than today, I never need, I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now these days are gone. I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind and opened all the doors. Help me if you can. I'm feeling down. Find somebody to help today, everybody. We'll see you soon. Coming up on the next episode... Most people are not narcissists. Most people are jerks. My oldest will be 18 pretty soon, and he has not handled the loss that well. How did how did Dad grieve? How did you grieve? Um, to be honest, I don't think we had have had a chance to. Okay. Oppositional defiance disorder. Uh, I know it's a clinical diagnosis. It seems like it's more of a of an excuse over the last number of years for a lack of parenting skills. You're asking an either-or question. Is this real, or is this if parents would just suck it up and start parenting their kids right, this would go away? And the answer is more complex than that. I don't know what to say to my friends, because saying sorry sounds stupid, and saying I understand, I don't. I just want, I, I want to fly there and fight. Your guilt will not help them. 